All right. <laughs> that was a painful beginning, right? Whoa. We'll get there. Thank you to the tech team up there for figuring it out. Yep. I don't know how many of you have thought about it, but when you're in a congregation or context like that and something goes wrong with the sound, every, every head in the building turns and looks, looks to the back. Uh, these men and women are on the spot up there, but are faithful uh, week after week, and we're thankful for them. Well, good morning, everyone. For those who are new, I am Tim Shorey, one of the pastors here, and uh, our prayer right from the start for you and for all is that the Lord would bless and bestow grace and peace on each and every one of us here uh, today, and in particular on those who are our mothers. On Mother's Day, it is a day uh, that... Um, produces a variety of emotions and responses and uh, heart ache and heart sorrow, uh, depending on uh, the woman present, depending on those present. And for all who are on that range of uh, joy to sorrow, uh, may there be grace and peace that comes to us all. I do want to add just one other reminder this morning. Our Risen Hope Midweek Church Family Devotions continues every Wednesday at 7.30. What has become an incredibly sweet and sacred time for many of us. Uh, feel free to join us at some point between 7.30 and 8.30 each Wednesday evening. Uh, we are praying our way, literally praying our way through the Scriptures uh, and we just completed praying our way through the book of James. This week we begin the book of Hebrews, which is an extraordinarily wondrous uh, book that shines forth the beauty and the superiority of Jesus Christ. Uh, and we're just going to pray our way through it, one chapter at a time. Join us uh, if um, you are not res uh, um, what's the, receiving uh emails and all with Zoom information. Please let one of us know before you leave today. We want to make sure that you're included in that mailing. Well, as we turn our attention to Colossians chapter 1, I want to read verses 3 through 8. Uh, verses 3 through 8, Colossians chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in 
the Spirit. Now may God bless His Word as we study it here together. For those of you who have been with us over the last few weeks, you will have noticed that uh, we have begun a new series through the book of Colossians, and this is now our third message. And if God helps us to actually get through uh, this morning's message, we will have covered a whole eight verses in three messages, which is to say we are going slow. And we are going to stay on that pace for the duration of this series. And the reason for that is that because much of the beauty and glory of sacred Scripture is in the detail. It is in the specific words. It is in the phrases. It's in the qualifiers and enhancers that the authors of Scripture include. And we need to learn to look for and notice words and grammar and phrases to, to capture the significance uh, of Scripture more fully and deeply. I, I liken it to the difference between looking at a stick figure drawing and looking at a Rembrandt. So what, what is the difference between a stick figure drawing and a Rembrandt? You children here, you, I'm guessing nearly all of you at some point or other have drawn a stick figure picture, right? You just you draw round head and you draw a line down and draw a line off and off and down and off and down and off. And maybe if you're really, really talented, you put a couple of dots on the big circle and a smile on the face. And if you're super skilled, you put a nose in there too. That's a stick figure. But if you've ever seen a drawing by somebody who is skilled, a, 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 a Rembrandt, if you know that name, or a Picasso, or some other skilled artist, you realize that there is a huge difference between a stick figure and a masterpiece. And the difference is in the detail. The difference is in the shades and the nuance and the coloring and the stroking of the brush. The difference is in looking at it closely. You see things that you don't see by a quick glance. There is, there is beauty and wonder in the detail. Brothers and sisters, there is beauty and wonder in opening your Bible and preaching a sermon on 92 texts or 92 verses. But I'm here to tell you that the beauty and depth, the real beauty, the real depth is in noticing little grammar along the way, little phrases along the way. For example, here in this text, we see in verse 5 a phrase very much worth noting. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before, in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you. Notice that phrase, in the word of truth of truth, of truth. 
in that phrase, we are jarred loose from the contemporary doctrines of pluralism and, and the idea that there is no truth. That you have your truth and I have my truth and somebody else has their truth. The Apostle Paul declares to us, no, there is a word of truth. There is truth in the absolute. There is truth in the concrete. There is truth in the certain. There is a truth that has come to us from God. God has spoken. We are not left in the dark. We are not left to create our own truth. We are not left to figure it out on our own. We are not left to our own opinions. God, through, through His mighty creation, has spoken and declared who He is. God, through verbal, word-by-word inspiration of Scripture, has revealed who He is. And God, coming to us in the manger, in the incarnation, in the birth of Jesus Christ, His eternal Son, God has declared to us ultimate truth. This is who I am. There is a word of truth, and our culture today needs Christians who believe that and are courageous enough to declare that. We need to hear this phrase. There is a word of truth, and we need to be courageous in proclaiming it, because the world says, how can you claim to have the word of truth. How dare you to claim that you know anything for sure and never mind know the truth for sure. We have our own truth. We should be humble and tolerant enough to admit that our truth may not actually be absolute truth. My dear Christian friends, beware, 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 especially of those who profess to be Christians who say something different than there is absolute truth. God has spoken. And we as Christians need the courage to proclaim that, but I also think we need the faith to embrace it and rest in it. Oh, how comforting it is to know that there is a word of truth. How, how blessed it is to know. How reassuring it is to know. How delightful it is to know. How sweet it is to know that there is a word of truth. You don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. You need only to open it up. <laughs> and read it and study it and realize that there is one particular thing that God has done to reveal that truth, the truth of His love, the truth of His grace, the truth of His justice and His glory. There is one particular thing He has done. And it is this, He has given us the Gospel. 
Here, here's what I want us to do in the remainder of our time. I want us to look at this phrase, the word of truth, or a word of truth, and, and discover uh, four things. One, what the word of truth is. Second, what the word of truth does. Third, where the word of truth goes. And then fourth, how the word of truth gets there. Okay, those are our, those are our four principles for today. That's our four-point outline for today. First of all, Paul tells us what the word of truth is. That word of truth that he says they had heard, the Colossians, and we have heard, that word of truth that gave them the hope of heaven, what is that word of truth? Look again at verses uh, verse 5. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this, of this hope you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you. You see, that little phrase, the gospel, defines what the word of truth is. You want a little grammar lesson? This is an appositive. This is in a sentence. You'll, you'll see a subject or a noun, and then there's a comma, and a little phrase, and then another comma, and then the sentence goes on. So if I said to you, or if you said, my pastor, the New England sports fan, is getting old. All right, see, I gave you a little bit on both sides of that, all right? My pastor, comma, the New England sports fan, comma, is getting old. The phrase, the New England sports fan, is what defines and distinguishes which pastor you're talking about and what you mean by pastor. When Paul says, there is this word of truth, the gospel, which has been spoken to you. He is saying that the gospel is that word of truth. So the question is, what is the gospel, right? What is the gospel? And the book of Colossians we are going to discover is full. It is full of gospel statements and truths. Let me just, let me just mention four or five and, and read them to you. If you want to track it quickly, uh, go ahead and do that. Colossians 1 in verse 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I'm here to declare to you that is the Gospel. Colossians 1, 19 and 20, For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. That's the gospel. Colossians 2 and verse 13, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt, he has canceled the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This He set aside, nailing it to the cross. That's the Gospel. Every sin, every 
trespass, every guilty thought and word and deed has been canceled in that it has been nailed to the cross of Christ where He bled out and died to pay the ransom for it. Colossians 3, verses 1-4, through If then you, you who believe, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you, that is your old life, your past life, your former life, given over to sin and self and self-destruction, you have died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. That is the Gospel. That is the Word of truth. Yes, this is the Word of truth. Not a word of opinion. Not a word of superstition. Not a word of imagination. Not a word of coercion or manipulation. This is the Word of truth. What is, what was, what is, and what is to come. The Gospel that guarantees the hope of heaven. And strength and grace to endure life until we get there. And forgiveness. And justification. And acceptance with God that simply cannot be taken away. Because it has been canceled. And God is just. Since our sins have already been paid for, He will not make us pay for them again. Our God is not so unjust to impose double punishment on our sins. The fact that Jesus died for them guarantees that we won't. This is the Gospel. This is the Word of truth. My friends here today, do you have the hope of the Gospel in you? Paul says, they heard of the hope of heaven through the Word of truth, the Gospel. Do you have that hope? Not talking about hope for a better job or hope for better circumstances or hope for that kind of thing. May you pray for it and may God bless you with those things. But the one thing we know, because we have a word of truth, is that our sins are forgiven and heaven awaits us. And until that day, we will have grace to endure. This keeps on fueling hope in the sin-sick and the guilty and the weary and the lamenting and the broken-hearted. This fuels hope. A better day is coming because of the Gospel, the Word of Truth. So what is the Word of Truth? It is the Gospel. Secondly, we're led to, the, uh, to discover what the Word of Truth does. 
verses 5 and 6, of this, that is, of this hope you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you. The gospel, the word of truth, is bearing fruit and increasing. It is fruitful and it is multiplying in the whole world. Do those three phrases sound familiar to you? In Genesis 1, God says to man, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And of course, in one sense, he was talking about getting married and having children. But we understand through the New Testament that there is a a different way in which we can be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, it is by proclaiming the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel effectively, powerfully changes lives. Everyone in this room who is a believer in Jesus can attest to that. You are a personal witness and testimony to the fact that the gospel is the power of God. You are not what you once were. And that gospel has borne fruit and multiplied in our lives to fill the world, Paul says. What is, the go- what is the word of truth? It is the gospel. What does the word of truth do? It is fruitful and it multiplies. It is an unstoppable force that is flowing out from the throne of God to transform people's lives. And let's notice third where the word of truth goes. Already mentioned, but I'll quickly repeat it. Verse 6 says that the word of truth had not only arrived at Colossae, but he says it had arrived or it had gone out to the whole world. He doesn't mean by that that every single person in the world or every country or nation or people group in the world had been reached with the gospel, but that the world was moving outward to all peoples everywhere. The gospel, get this, brothers, sisters, and friends, the gospel is not meant to be a cul-de-sac. It's, it's meant to be a free road moving forward. The gospel is not meant to just kind of go around and around in our own little world, in our own little circle. It's to be on a highway with all kinds of roads going in different directions to meet as many different people as we possibly can meet. It's where the word of truth goes into all the world. And finally, let's notice how the word of truth spreads, how it gets there. Verse 5, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing 
as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. So how did the Colossians hear the word of truth? How did the word of truth get to Colossae? Paul says it was through this man, Epaphras, a faithful minister or servant of Christ, somebody who loved Christ enough and loved the world enough to tell them about Jesus. Somebody who poured out his life. This is how the gospel reaches the world. It is always through word of mouth. It is always through the testimony of those who have come to know the gospel, believe the gospel, and be transformed by the gospel. We must all become faithful servants of Christ and of the word of truth. Romans 10, you know this text Perhaps Romans 10 beginning in verse 11. For the Scripture says, everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame. Isn't that amazing? You believe in Him, you will never be put to shame. Never disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing His riches on all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you've never done that, it's as simple as that. Call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Call on Him to be your Savior, your Redeemer, the One who died for you and rose again and lives for you. Call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. But Paul says in Romans, how then... Will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching or proclaiming or bearing witness? How are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So there is the complete picture. What what is the word of truth? It is the gospel. It is the good news of all that God has done for us in His Son, Jesus Christ, leading to the forgiveness of sins and the sure and certain hope of heaven. What does the gospel do? Well, it is fruitful. And it multiplies, filling the earth. How far does the gospel go? It goes to the whole world and Christ will be proclaiming that gospel through us until every tongue is reached and every nation is reached. How does the gospel get there? Through word of mouth. Through you and I, as we leave this place today, making sure that we have 
commitment in our hearts to take the gospel with us. Making sure this week, in our neighborhoods, in our places of work, wherever we are and wherever we go, that we never leave the gospel behind. That we see those and sense those who need the word of truth. That we are not silent or afraid. For this gospel is the power of God unto salvation for all that believe. This is what this text means to us. We have the comfort of knowing that we have the word of truth. But with that comfort and with that privilege comes responsibility. It is not ours to keep for ourselves. We are to become Epaphrases and Pauls and Timothys and Loises. All those characters of Scripture who faithfully pass the word of truth on. This is Mother's Day and with that comes great joy But with that also comes great responsibility and some sorrow and some challenges and grief and tears and the whole mix of it, right? The whole mix of it. But one of the great privileges of motherhood is the privilege of handing on the word of truth to the next generation. Moms who are still very much in the middle of the raising the children stage of life and are busy, busy just at home, never mind if you're out working as well to help in that way. Uh, Dear moms, may God give you grace to see the high honor, the high privilege that it is to be a mother, no matter what the world may say to us. But may he then give you grace to realize that there is something that's been entrusted to you that he now wants you to entrust to your children. The word of truth, which is the gospel. And dads, take the lead. Be strong. Be committed. Be faithful. Dads and moms stand alongside of each other. And for those that are alone in the task, oh, may the Lord pour out grace upon grace upon grace into your life. And may we, as brothers and sisters and friends, stand alongside of you in that task. Um, Happy Mother's Day sometimes can be a piercing difficult thing for people to hear. You understand that, right? Because it doesn't necessarily feel happy. Um, I tend to think that um, something like, may you be honored this Mother's Day, uh, is more fitting. And may you have grace, and may you have peace, and may you have the hope of the gospel.
in your life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the detail, the nuance, the shade of meaning and understanding that we receive by going slowly through your word. Thank you that you have called our attention to this simple phrase, a word of truth, and then have expanded and expounded it to our hearts. Thank you for giving us a word of truth. Thank you for opening our eyes to see it and our ears to hear it and our hearts to receive it. Thank you for entrusting to us the word of truth that is the power of God that increases and multiplies and fills the earth. And thank you for giving us courage and grace to open our mouths and speak and share the news of Jesus with others. Would you this week, Lord, please go with us? Would you please keep us in all we endeavor to do and make us faithful and fruitful? And we will give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends and family, it's been good to be together. Um, do go with the blessing of God and the grace of God, filling and covering your life. Um, greet each other. Do more than greet each other. Uh, keep your distance. Uh, <laughs> but greet each other from a distance and with all kinds of affection and love and honor. And don't hurry off. Uh, don't hurry off. Be blessed. God bless you all.